0: You know, it occurred to me while watching this movie two things. Hmm. First of all, I don't know. I realized that I didn't know when the last time you had actually seen this movie was. Hmm. Um, you know, I talk about it a lot. But, yeah, I, I you know. It having been a part, it having been a vote option several times in the past and having not won until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. I had no confirmation that you'd watched it in the last couple of years. So I, I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, maybe this is like, maybe this is so new and exciting for Pete. And, and <laughs> he hasn't seen this in years and. And maybe this experience for him is going to be like, you know, he'll sit down and and he'll be like, wow, this is, you know, 15 years since I've seen this. And it really is like, it's so much, it's everything Brady said it was and and all these things. The other thing I realized is you likely weren't going to watch the full version. Oh. Which is now on Disney Plus, but only just recently. And it isn't. It isn't the version that, like, if you just click and watch it, it's not the mm. version you get. You have to go into extras, oh, and juicy. then, um, and then you click that, and basically, there's just a whole musical s- number, um, from Scrooge's past that's taken out, but it's a pretty significant musical number, and hmm. uh, we'll get into why why that's that's the case. But hello and welcome.
1: Oh, juicy, and uh, welcome, yes, to the Movie Men podcast. I am Peter. That is Brady, and we are here for our Christmas holiday film review. Where, obviously, as usual, you guys voted, we listened, and uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol won, as you can obviously tell. But it was, oh, as wait always, second. wait hmm, a second. The Muppet hmm. Christmas
0: Carol won.
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas, Brady.
0: No, so here's a here's a question. Here's a question. What? Here's, yeah. a, here, here, here's a very important question Okay. how many times does a man need to face rejection oh. <laughs> listen let me finish <laughs> before me finish. said man goes, you know what i need to <laughs> I need to put a better case around my heart here I need to take better care of 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 my my top five moving christmas <laughs> spot holder
1: <laughs> message message received no not message acknowledged and to bring the listener up to speed if they're not familiar with brady is referring to my suggestion of the holiday is a film that we could have watched if it had won and to peel it back so we had Ernest saving christmas or sorry Ernest saves christmas we had the sequel to Home Alone, that is Home Alone 2, and we had The Holiday, and then obviously The Muppets, which won. And what I will say, mm. what I will say, mm. overall, just in general, for all the voting options, we had a really great turnout. We, we yep. absolutely did. Like yep. I cannot say it any other way. It was a lot of fun uh-huh. seeing people get passionate about, and that's that's fun with any vote, whether it's the Christmas vote, Halloween vote. 1994 vote three, you know, like whatever it is. Yeah. Watching people get passionate about films is a lot of fun and it's no different with the holiday ones. And yeah, you know, this is, I did a quick count. This is probably like the third or the fourth time that the holiday has been a vote option. And yes, it has not won a single time, obviously, because we haven't reviewed it. But what I will say is, It never comes in last place. It never comes in last place. It gets a lot of response. It gets a lot of votes. And it is the bridesmaids of movies. It never wins. It's, you know, it's never the bride, always the bridesmaid. It's And I told you this when I told you which movie won. It's the Dwayne Johnson of votes. It revitalizes the voter turnout, never wins, but it really stirs things up. And, you know, I... I will stop putting it forward for a vote as long as there is one no, no. person who responds. Until there is no longer one person responding, then that will be the day that I go, maybe it's time. But yeah, until no, it, then.
0: You have to keep putting it forward. Oh, I at might this even point, put it forward for like the 4th of July vote just yeah. for fun. Because at this point, I just feel like Maximus. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know if I understand that reference. Oh it's just a gladiator beatdown. Every time oh. I see Holiday oh. get in the ring, I'm like, Okay, <laughs> get the we're gonna take Eddie. Holiday out. Well <laughs> I could uh Oh man. I could I could be overkill and go with a really great film or I could just throw a human centipede in there and I still oh. feel like we're not gonna No. I jest. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's it's Every time I see it show up in the voting option, I always wonder. I'm like, maybe this is the year. Mm-hmm. Me too. Maybe I thought this was happen. it. I thought it was locked in the bank. We Like, again,
1: every film had a good turnout, but especially the holiday, especially Muppet Christmas. And Muppet Christmas, maybe I just didn't. It kind of maybe had a second wind or maybe some votes that I didn't see right off the bat. And I thought holiday was going to be there, and uh, it didn't.
0: But it's, I will be honest. It, had the holiday won... <laughs> I was prepared for it to win, but I was yeah. also prepared to enter that review. Not the <laughs> review. I would, I would, I would enter the review as objective as I could, and I would talk. Okay, about, you know, I would yeah. be fair. Mm-hmm. But the episode as a whole, I was prepared to enter begrudgingly, and mm-hmm. I was going to make mm-hmm. it very well known <clears throat> that you know <laughs> I have no trouble mm. sitting down and reviewing. The holiday, mm-hmm. I don't. I have I have zero trouble. Sure, but if we're if we're sitting down to review a film, and the the category at hand <laughs> is Christmas movies, mm-hmm. and the holiday beat out something like the Muppet Christmas Carol or Home Alone two. <laughs> I would have been, I think it would have shaken my, you know, like if we want to talk about, we're going to do like, you know, rom-coms or whatever, like romantic movies from the early 2000s or so. Yeah. Then you know what? That deserves to win that category maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, oh, you know, yeah. The holiday one. Oh, really? What, what did it beat out? Oh, it's a wonderful life. And, and, (laughs) you know, the Santa Claus and whatever. And you're just like, What? (laughs) what that is I don't know I think I would feel trolled by our audience Mm. but I digress I what I will wrap it
1: up with is the voting options were were special to us because they were some of them came up in uh, our previous episode uh, some holiday favorites not necessarily all of them top five but ones Mm -hmm. that we Gave voice to and mentioned, and Three so of the it four. is. Yeah, yeah. You know, Muppets Holiday, Home Alone, Tune—all, all key iconic movies in their own right, and um, a lot to chew on. Jumping into the episode, I just want to answer. Mm. I feel when you made the Muppets Christmas movie um, an option.
0: Oh, I was going to say <laughs> I, I. When, this may
1: come <laughs> as a surprise, but I. <laughs> when didn't you make, made
0: that film back in yeah. 1991. Again, how you did it. Hey, this is the 30th anniversary. That's worth mentioning. Oh, that is actually quite worth mentioning. The movie's only Um, two weeks older than I am.
1: Again, the fact that you made this movie is just beyond.
0: Amazing. I was like, if I'm going to come into this world, I knew. I knew. Mm. I waited. I was like, I don't want to be a part of a world (laughs) where the Muppets Christmas Carol Mm -hmm. is not a thing. It's not a thing. I I will say, I looked at that, and I went, have
1: we not reviewed this? Like, I feel like, I think it's, and the answer's no, obviously. No. And I feel like it must have come up, again, seasonally, where you've said, hey, I've watched this because it's a special movie to me. So, I think that's one way it's came up. And mm. I think back when we were doing more sincere reviews of, like, or uh, suggestions where, like, you have to watch this movie this week. I think right. in that period of time, I Maybe watched I it. So you I've seen it. it. Yeah, I've seen it once or twice, and we'll get into it. But I, again, it's just such a familiar film that when you suggested it, I did a double take and I said, really? right, I thought we've done it. The one thing, and actually jumping back, we're jumping back and forth, I wanted to segue into the episode, and I'm going to segue back out. Shout That'd out okay. to friend of the show, Andrew, who literally made me laugh out loud. And... I was hoping Home Alone 2 would win for this reason, but it did not win, so I am just going to give Andrew a shout out to his funny comment. He voted uh, for Home Alone 2, and like I said, it was all of them were well-received, it just didn't win. And his vote for <laughs> Home Alone 2 came in, as I'll go quote-unquote here, he said, Howdy-do, this is Peter McAllister, the father, I'd like to be Home Alone 2, please. Credit card? You got it and I like I read that and I laughed out loud like I kudos to Andrew funniest vote he I just I am sad that that movie didn't win for that reason because I wanted to just spend 30 minutes talking about that hilarious drop and it was funny but I still had to give it its time so shout out to Andrew that was baller
0: but now
1: but now we will jump back into Muppet Christmas Carol
0: yeah. Do you have, do you have trivia? I don't. I do not for this week. Hmm. I probably should have like, I probably should <laughs> I have like sat on that sleep. thing about the the deleted musical number and like. <laughs> I've got a trivia question. How old do you think this movie is? 20 years, 40 years 30. I think 30. it came out on December 11th, 1992. Is <laughs> what I would wager. What you'd um, wager. Yeah, it's just yeah. a guess, really yeah we're less than 10 days out fra- past the uh, the 30th anniversary hmm that's wild 30th anniversary
1: that is wild yeah. and as you've made reference to on the show it's uh it's the first Muppet film in is it in memory
0: of? yeah first one after the passing of Jim Henson yeah 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 cause he passed in 91
1: okay hmm yeah. So yeah, it's got a significance for sure.
0: But obviously Frank Oz is still is still there. So like part of the OG team is still <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh so initial impressions? Of course. Um I mean this this movie is especially if you're if especially if you watch the full version, which I, I will address in admit it, And then we won't come back to it. Cause it really is. It's only one song, but it does. It is worth talking mm. about because it, it does influence the film in a big hmm. way. It being cut. Um, but it is essentially a flawless Christmas movie. Hmm. Um, whether it's the the perfect pairing of Gonzo and Rizzo as as our narrators whether it's the never a flop musical numbers that we get um whether it's the the just i would say like just the perfect right balance of humor like we don't get this this kind of like over the top. It could be very easy to go extra slapstick and really make a mess and 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 you know, yeah, it, it just like play too hard into the fact that they're muppets and stuff like that. and I feel like that's not done. Um, and as such, the message of the story is not lost that would have been very easy to do it would have been very easy you know like there's muppets treasure island mm, and yep. you watch the muppet treasure island and it's entertaining but it it's not it's not a serious contender for for the <laughs> treasure island story right like it doesn't it doesn't do that story justice mm-hmm. the muppet christmas carol does the christmas carol story justice like it it, it achieves what a telling of that story is supposed to achieve. Mm. Um, And I would say the biggest thing, the the thing that achieves that more than anything else, and it's something that often you don't think about when you're watching this, but Michael Caine, when Brian Henson, who's like executive producer of this, Mm. Michael Caine early on in the process, and I think this is key. Michael Caine early, early on in the process, told Brian Henson, "I'm gonna play this super straight. I'm gonna play. I am going to play this as if I am doing it on a a Broadway stage. I'm gonna do this. I'm, I'm, Hmm. I'm going to do this as if I'm not the only human in the scene." Hmm. right I'm not going to acknowledge the fact that this is Muppets I'm not going Mm. to lean into that I'm not going to do eye rolls I'm not going to do you know whatever it is Hmm. I'm going to play this as serious a role as I would playing Ebenezer Scrooge in any other rendition of A Christmas Carol and he does and that that is what propels this into perfection is that it's it it remains it's lighthearted it's fun it's goofy it's silly but it remains a film that as a christmas carol rendition can be taken very seriously Hmm. because because of the portrayal of scrooge because he's not you know slapstick and over the top and Stubbing his toe and gosh darn this, and (laughs) which he easily could have, but he chose not to. And that is why this film is not only perfection, but in my opinion, at least of the ones I've seen, and I've seen quite a few, I would say like at least 20 of them. Mm -hmm. um, This is the ultimate on-screen rendition of A Christmas Carol. Hmm.
1: But what say you? That's a really interesting point that I've never considered that. I I never really considered that as an option of like different avenues that he could have gone down where, you know, you could play it in the middle. You could play it really slapstick. You could play it the way he did. And I think I've kind of taken that for granted because I think it's absolutely to the way absolutely the the way to go and the film is lesser as a result of it if he doesn't. So that's actually really interesting. And I never never kind of honed in on that tidbit.
0: Yeah. Even, um, you know, like he cries in it and oh yeah. he rejoices in it. And even when when at the beginning when Bob Cratchit is asking for extra coal for the bookkeepers right and he says how would the bookkeepers like to find themselves suddenly unemployed right and it's it's <laughs> right. but it is it's it's like a frightening like he's not there's no smile in his face he is playing that deadpan scrooge mm. yeah yeah
1: no that is a really good point and that is a good a good feat of the film for sure I think what I've come down to, my initial impressions, this film isn't in my top five, so spoiler alert for a previous episode if you haven't listened to that yet. And I don't think it'll ever be in my top five. I don't think I've got the same appreciation for it as you do. But I think the best way I can describe it is this film is the film version of Chinese food for me, at least for Christmas movies, if we're talking about that. So personally, you know, If I'm with someone, I'm like, hey, let's just get some takeout. You know, we're hungry, you're hungry, you don't feel like cooking. And someone can recommend, yeah, Mexican, Chinese food, sushi, etc. And like, I never, ever, 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 ever feel like saying, yeah, let's let's do Chinese food. It's either I get outvoted and everyone else wants it, or I get coerced, and that's that's what we do. So I never willingly like say, let's order Chinese food tonight. It's always just other people decide, and if I'm not going to say no, and then when I eat it, I, I go, you know what? That is actually pretty good. I, I kind of, uh, I you know. I I don't know why I put up such a fight and it's not quite the, you know, it's not that I dislike the Muppet Christmas Carol movie, but I always look at the cover of it or the thought of it and I go, yeah, like it's fine, but I have no need to watch it and I have no, you know, like it is what it is and like, it's just not my cup of tea. But then every time I watch it, I go, yeah, that's not bad yeah, that's actually decent. Like, I do not regret watching this. Every single mm-hmm. time. I, I every The first time I watched it, I think I this might be only the third time. Maybe the second time I've seen it. I haven't seen a lot. Probably the third time. And, um, yeah, every single time I, I, whether it's after the opening credits, or partway through, or at the end, I'm like, you know what? That is a respectable movie. It's not in my top five of holiday films, but I don't regret watching it, and I could see myself watching it again. And I I do think just in general, yeah, it does have a good blend of comedic elements that I think younger kids do appreciate and will appreciate um, with the different Muppet characters. But it doesn't become annoying or obnoxious to the adult, like even when all the the little creatures are in the office and, you know, uh, Kermit's asking for a day off and, you know, He's getting lambasted for it, and they all kind of like, Oh, that wasn't our idea. Like, that was it, and like they just kind of all are incessantly chirping little phrases and it's it's hilarious it's and i could see it being appealing to kids too because they're kind of just high energy funniness but Mm -hmm. what they're actually saying i'm listening to and i'm chuckling because it's just kind of funny like in group group think meetings where it's like people are throwing someone else under the bus like hey that wasn't my idea it was his idea you know like just yeah it it really ban it really plays to different audience types and Um, yeah, I guess just in a nutshell, my initial impression, it's a solid film. I don't think all the musical numbers are hits for me. For some reason, the Michael Caine finale musical bit, I just thought was okay. For some reason, I didn't oh, interesting. get blown away by it. And I'm yeah. interested to hear about the one that was removed and its significance. But mm-hmm. all in all, a solid film and, um, not my favorite holiday film. Not probably, probably not my favorite Christmas Carol rendition, but, uh, Still a solid one. Yeah. Still a solid one. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So many of the jokes have like multiple layers to them, right? So it will yes, be something that's layers. funny for a kid, yeah. but there's also a different aspect of what's happening that the adult is mm-hmm. finding funny, right? So the reference you gave is, yeah, when they're asking for Christmas Day off and and everyone's all behind it. and until it seems like Scrooge thinks it's a bad idea or he's not happy Mm -hmm. about it. And yeah, Yeah. and then the rats are all like, you know, muttering different things, but you distinctly hear one rat say, ah, it was was the frog's idea. Um,
1: Yes, yes, that is it. And so
0: that's so funny. And one that sticks out to me is like, yeah, there's several moments where I really burst out laughing. Um, But one for me is, again, towards the beginning, when they're... Um, Gonzo and Rizzo are trying to look in on the shop through the window Mm. and, and Gonzo says, wow, this really is a dirty city and takes Rizzo and uses him sort of as like a a cloth to like, Mm. you know, wipe the thing, which Mm -hmm. that's the part of that, that, you know, oh, kids will laugh. Oh, that's funny. Like it's very slapstick. (laughs) It's very whatever. But Mm -hmm. then something about Rizzo saying, thank you for making me a part of this. (laughs) like it's just that's something that i'm like okay eight-year-old me wouldn't have seen the humor in that Mm -hmm. wouldn't have like understood the sarcasm to the extent that i was supposed to understand it and like yeah i don't know it's so good it's a good way to describe it layers layers yeah 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 um so the our, our assets are frozen. Oh my god! Yes, so good. yes. Um, <laughs> so the song. There is a song that, uh, and I'll give you a little bit of backstory to make this real juicy. There is a song that that was recorded for this film, shot, filmed was part of was a part of the version of the film. That was handed over to the studio. Hmm. And Disney, being Disney, <laughs> wanted to, uh, we wanted to keep it a little bit shorter. We wanted to keep it a little more lighthearted. We wanted to, uh, I don't know. Right? Who knows? Who knows exactly what the reasons were? Sure. But they cut the scene out. And. Hmm so it didn't appear in the theatrical version there was it, it did appear on the VHS version but then something happened and the negatives were lost oh. And so when it came time for this this movie to end up on D V D or Blu-ray or anything higher quality than than, you know, standard definition VHS, um, we didn't have that. We didn't have that scene. <laughs> oh, and but they're like, but but we're like, we're looking for it. We're trying to find mm-hmm. it, we're trying to find it, we're trying to find it. And hmm. um after multiple years and and a lot of people persisting and and people phoning like not just like fans but like people who worked on the film phoning to make sure others are still looking for it and you know have you found it yet and blah 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 um as of about 2 weeks ago um <laughs> that version of the, it's been found and that version of the film can be seen on Disney Plus you have to go into the extras and then there's an option there that is is like the full version it's literally, it's like two minutes longer, right? Like, hmm. it's not, yeah, it's one song. Hmm. Um, but it's a song that takes place in Scrooge's past. Um, and during the, as he's looking in on the Christmas where him and Belle break up. Mm. Yep. Yep. And it's a song called The Love We Lose. Interesting. And it's a somber song. I, I would imagine. It is Belle singing to, Scroo- to young Scrooge, kind of this, like, like basically warning him. She's having the foresight to see the type of man that he is ultimately going to become. Mm-hmm. And where his life's going to end up, and so she's she is singing sort of a cautionary tale to him. Sure. Um, and what's really powerful is there's a moment in this scene where all of a sudden our Scrooge, old Scrooge, realizes like he has a growth moment. Hmm. And even though she can't, you know, like Be- the memory bell can't see old Scrooge and the ghost of Christmas past old Scrooge is standing behind young bell with teary eyes singing along hmm. to her song, which means not only is he having that moment of growth, but this was such an impactful moment for him that, you know, 50 years later. Hmm. He still knows all the words. Right. And so it's this really 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 touching really touching song and yeah. and like moment eye opening. Oh my gosh. She she was right. Moment. And what makes it really special is that the song at the end of the movie, The Love We Share, mm-hmm. is a reprisal of, it's the same melody, but it's much more upbeat. It's mu- It, like, bookends his growth. Hmm right because that's like the first moment you know up until that like he's seeing stuff he's seeing the stuff of him as a young child and stuff like that he's not really growing yet right those are Mm-mm. just he's his screws is just kind of along for the ride at this point it's the stuff <laughs> yeah. with the bell that really starts yeah. to make him turn mm-hmm. and so you see the beginning of his growth with the love we lose and then the love we share right at the end and it it bookends it and so not only is it such a powerful moment? But I truly mm. believe if you were to go back and watch this movie with this other song in it, it would make the ending song a better song for you.
1: Because I it adds al-
0: extra meaning to it.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm already mildly curious because, yeah, not only does it add balance to that last song that I was kind of underwhelmed with, but um, <laughs> character growth is key for yeah. me in films yeah and so just anytime you add a layer again layers but a different kind of layer here where you show someone uh peel, well yeah peeling back layers and seeing them break down or seeing what they value or seeing them learn and grow and that sounds exactly yeah. what like, like you're describing there so that's that's interesting it, and it's too bad it was you know for various reasons it wasn't available for till now
0: yeah, and I mean at the end of the day it's a 90-minute version of a Christmas carol mm-hmm. with some muppet narration, muppet additions put in, which mm-hmm. means there is going to be you know, there are several stops that each ghost <laughs> doesn't make. Mhm. In you know, if if you if you track down the fullest most complete telling of, of this story. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of moments. There's a lot of story points that, um, yeah, that this movie doesn't hit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine. It still does. A, it still does the job it needs to do. Um, but this is one scene that was taken out initially that, um, that the film benefits from greatly having it back in.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I've given my impressions, you've given yours, we've talked about some musical <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm a little
1: hesitant now. I don't know if I've seen as many renditions of this story in film as I once thought I did. You know, I okay. I, I said this film isn't in my top five of Christmas films, and I was almost to say, you know, I don't think it's in my top five telling of this tale. But now I think I would. I really haven't seen that many.
0: Yeah, um, if I'm if I pull up a list here, uh, so, like I'm looking, conditions. and there's a lot of hokey things. Like you
1: know, I'm looking at like films based on a Christmas kill. So you get some some ones that are a little bit more watered down, or a little bit more contemporary. Mm-hmm, but if you like stick spirited. to the meat, yeah, but if you get to the if you stick to this the meat and potatoes ones like you know Flintstones Christmas or ones like that. Yeah, I can't think of a hand like I've maybe seen like the Alistair Sim I've seen the Flintstones Christmas I've seen oh Liz. yeah well the
0: Alistair Sim one is is sure icon- is iconic um, like you would
1: say the gold standard probably yeah um, and but beyond like I think I might be challenged to list five
0: which interestingly the Alistair Sim one is not called like yeah it's just called Scrooge.
1: Well, I don't know. I've got it here and it it's listed as Scrooge but then
0: also as a Christmas Carol. It was it released says, as a Christmas Carol um I think in, in s- North America. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that was um, its North American title, but like it's obviously it's a huh. British film. Um, so, in at least in my opinion, the British title is the one that is, you know, carries more weight.
1: Well, I, you've always thought that with the Philosopher's
0: yeah. Stone. Yeah. Yeah. What the what? hell is this? the Sorcerer's Stone? What the hell are you <laughs> talking about? Um, so, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't count things like Scrooged with Bill Murray. Yeah, that gets a little... It's a lot because it's just, you know, like yeah. I wouldn't count Spirited. Um, well, I wouldn't count the,
1: ghosts of girlfriends past, you know, like there's ones that are just, you know, yeah. generally reflective of the story, but they're not really authentic renditions.
0: There's the 2012 one. Um, oh, no, it's not 2012. What was it? 2009. Uh, yeah. The 2009 Jim Carrey one where Jim Carrey plays like everybody in it. Hmm. <laughs> Have you seen that one? No, I've oh, been it's an, meaning it's to. Like a CGI, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm going through the list here. Like Mickey's Christmas Carol, I'm sure I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Flintstones one, I've definitely seen. Um, there's an animated Christmas Carol from 1997. Like some of these, some of these. I don't know if I've seen, like mm-hmm. around December when you're a kid, there's a certain amount of like, oh, I've definitely <laughs> seen the Looney Tunes one. Right. Um, there's a certain amount of like channel surfing you do and then you just kind of like stop on a thing once you come mm-hmm. to it. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is Christmassy. Oh, it's it's Christmas. It's yeah, Scrooge. As a kid, I, I you never call it a Christmas carol, you call it Scrooge.
1: Scrooge, yeah. I don't, I will, we'll revert back to this film because this is an important film, but I think I just wanted to say that I don't enjoy the film any less or more as a result of this, but I think I would classify this film as far more in the upper echelon of... The Christmas Carol renditions than I maybe previously did. Looking at, like, I think I just assumed they were more that I held dear or more as intellectually significant. Right. And maybe to others there are, but for me, I'm looking and I'm going yeah, just as far as you know, being maybe pop culturally significant, but also staying true to the story and also having like emotional significance like I'm looking, this might be top three and you know, that's interesting just as far as, you know hitting all the bases and not Mm -hmm. losing any of it's and the last thing i'll say before i pass it and getting back to the movie at hand it is wild the number of films that are you know most of them are remakes you know just a christmas carol and there's some more fringe ones but it's wild like looking at the ones from like there's one from 1910 there's one from 1901 and yep. they're short films, like they're only about you know five, ten ish minutes, and it's it's incredible how far filmmaking has come, and it's fun just to see storytelling adapt and change, uh, but still being storytelling at its roots. You know yep. what when this the story was much younger, closer to its original or, uh, release date as a novella, but. It's also kind of creepy watching these actors because it's like, yeah, filmed in 1908, they are obviously all past. They were born in like the 19th century. So there's like a bit of a, you know, in a movie dealing or a story dealing with ghosts and the supernatural, it's kind of got an eerie element watching these old ones too. But I will, we will get back on track after Mm -hmm. that.
0: (laughs) And it didn't take long for, like I'm looking here. So uh, Christmas Carol, the book came out in 1843 um, oh, okay. And the so, first on-stage adaptation was 1844. Mm. It was like the next year. They're like, man, this is, this is just the thing we're gonna do. <laughs> this is gold. Let's let's monetize this, baby. Like. And I'm sure there's been yeah television, rate yeah radio throughout the years. That makes sense. Yeah, operas, ballets, graphic novels, comic strips, parodies. Yeah, and then there's a whole another list here which is just derivative films. Yes, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Holy yeah. Monkeys.
1: Yeah. I'm looking no, at like I'm looking at screenshots of like the ghosts from these 1910, 1901 films and like what they've used for effects for like apparitions and it's kind of creepy, I'm not gonna lie. I think it's just the age of the film that's creeping me out,
0: but if I, I find a, if I found 1970s a picture 70s one is spooky. Which one? The night. So there's a 1970s one um, oh. where Albert Finney plays Scrooge, and Jacob <laughs> Marley is played by Alec Guinness. What? Yeah.
1: What? Wow. Yeah, you gotta check it out if you haven't seen I'm that one I'm looking at, you're at check the check wiki
0: page. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Alec it's not Guinness. bad. It's not bad.
1: Sure. Well, I'm just saying, looking at these pictures of like representations of ghosts from these like films that are over a hundred years old if someone took a screenshot and like hid that in like a box of my stuff and then i was found it in my basement i'd be terrified yeah. i'd be like yeah. what is this like i'm yeah like th- that's like paranormal activity stuff right there
0: yeah you know about the patrick stewart one i assume i just by school i've not seen it but i'm aware oh, okay. like in the 90s uh 98 99 I feel like... It was it's like a like, TV movie. It was not like a theatrical... <laughs>
1: right. I feel like it's kind of like a rite of passage where like if you're somebody in Hollywood, um, you know, you, you you have to do some representation, whether it's on stage, on film. You got to represent by... Uh, you've got to, you know, pass through the, the rite of passage by being part of this story in some
0: capacity. You know, part of me really wants to aggregate a list. Of like films, live action films, animated films, and then like television and animated television. Mm. Like, is just like, yeah, all of the on screen renditions mm. of the story. Yep. And then, you know, like, I know we're not going to do this, but then like next <laughs> Christmas, just do like, a hundred episodes on (laughs) all of the different renditions of I honestly like as much of a as much of an endurance run as that would be I do think you would come across like a lot of really fascinating gems oh absolutely and so many of them like you know again some of these are like 13 minutes long like you could knock out so many of them in a night right like we get together with some eggnog and we just like we watch a couple and
1: man. it's I, I think there's a lot to chew on right because you're covering the like as as a story representation changes in different like world views of when they're made of what technology is available and yep. just all the different things of how we influence the story and technology influences the story and listen like it would just be a fascinating journey and um yep. yeah yeah I agree
0: Cool. All right. Back to it. Back Um, to it. So I am
1: so sorry taking us down that rabbit hole, but that was fun. So then
0: comparing this, this movie to the others um, that we've discussed, it it hits so many, if not all of the notes that it needs to hit. Right. Mm. Little subtle things like, you know, when, when Ebenezer finally makes it home that night and we're done the whole, like, there's only one more sleep till Christmas song. Mm. That song ends with a homeless bunny shivering, wrapped up in some newspaper, hmm. and it's just a it's a like blink and you miss it moment, but it's there to show you sort of the juxtaposition yep. between yep. people like Scrooge and mm. and the way that some others are living, mm-hmm. right. Um, the film does not stray away. It could have it could have Disneyland this thing. It could have sugarcoated stuff in order to keep it, you know, relevant. But I think mm-hmm. I think what's important, I think what's important, is that although this is a Muppet movie, mm. which means kids are going to see it. Mm -hmm. and they need to stay relevant for Mm -hmm. kids. Yep. This thing came out in 1992. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. The Muppets have been around since the 60s. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, um, well, I mean, the 70s, or the actual Muppets, but if we're talking about, like, Sesame Street, the first the first appearance of a Muppet on Sesame Street, which is where they started, was um, hmm. uh, 1969, mm. right? So really the 70s. But, yep. but so many of the people who are sitting down to watch this movie, right? My mom grew up with the Muppets. She would have been in her early 20s when this came out. Hmm. Right, so it's kind of like one of those things, I think, where, like, you you know, the first Toy Story movie comes out and it's a kid's movie. <laughs> yep. But then by the time you reach mm. Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. it still needs to be kid-friendly, but you also need to understand that a large amount of your fan base have grown up with you now and are now grown-ups. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and the same thing goes for the Muppets. Um, so it would have been... Again, knowing that it's the Muppets, knowing this is Disney, it would have been all too easy to sort of sugarcoat or beat around the bush with Scrooge's whole, like, if they're going to die, then they should do it. Right. Right? Like, hurry Mm -hmm. up then. What are they waiting for? Move along. Move along. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and they didn't. And so I think the film gets credit for that um talking about the musical numbers yeah so you know it starts out and we have we have the whole here comes mr humbug right and like the vegetables Mm. are singing and everyone's singing but it's it's like it's catchy like it's fun music it's not just like oh yeah these songs aren't bad at least for me they're good songs Like they're well done songs. So we have that. We have the one more sleep till Christmas song. Which
1: that's my favorite song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's magic in the air. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, Kermit singing is never (laughs) something that you scoff at, right? You're like, okay, here we go. Um, It's, It's
1: my favorite. It's heartwarming. And, you see him uh, skating on the ice. We get to see yeah, Kermit legs any time we see
0: Kermit legs.
1: Yeah. Uh, and as a note, I, I for some reason I've, when I watched this, I recently watched a Ben Stiller movie, and now I can't stop associating Ben Stiller and Kermit. Like, I feel like there's a... Why? I, I think there's, like, I, they're both kind of scrawny. They both have, like, the same pitched voice. <laughs> uh, they're not both green, but, like... There's something about them that, like, when I wasn't looking at the screen and then I would hear Kermit's voice, I'm like, that sounds like Ben
0: Stiller. Like, I don't know. Weird. There's something. I don't. Something was weird. I can, I, like, I can see that they're on the same highway. I, I think I it's definitely don't um, think they're even like in the same lane.
1: Sure. I think I watched The Secret Life of Walty e. Mitter. So like it he's kind of plays like a straight laced kind of uh kind of a like a dweeby kind of guy. And right. I think Kermit's maybe cut from the same cloth. So maybe that's part of it too.
0: Kermit is very um Kermit is very I was gonna say he's very by the book. He's definitely agree. he's definitely a li- he's he's just a good blend of a lot of things. I think he's a he's a little bureaucratic. He's definitely a little neurotic. Um, but he also knows he's also extremely loving and caring and he knows when rules need to be bent. He's de- he's yeah. also definitely a worrier though. Right? Like if something's going awry, Kermit is not the one who's going to keep his calm. You know, he'll regain his calm and he'll kind of like get, get the gang sorted out and everyone working together to find a solution. But at first he is going to be the one panicking the loudest. But <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, so we have those musical numbers, um, mm-hmm. other ones mm-hmm. of note. We've got the, um, the ghost of, Christmas present, the wherever you feel love, wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas. Which, and as a side note, the ghost of Christmas present is my favorite of the three spirits. So good. Mm -hmm. You're a little absent-minded spirit. No, (laughs) I'm a big absent-minded spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like they found a way to inject Muppet styled humor into the most told Christmas tale of all time. Mm. I, I mean aside from like you know the Christmas story, but mm. um the most renowned, the most revered of all Christmas <sighs> literature. And they took Muppet humor and injected it in a way that it was just the perfect balance. Like hmm. it, it's it's the weirdest pairing, mm-hmm. right? You have these these sort of New York theater esque crazy guys, like you know, referencing back to to the Muppet Show who are just, like, performers, they're sideshow-type guys. You know, you've got Gonzo the Great who shoots himself out of cannons and <laughs> and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it, 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 it just somehow works. It somehow works. And again, I think it comes back to how seriously they took it. Mm. Right? And even so much so that, like, the opening credits of this film – the opening credits are Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit, hmm. right? That the Muppets, yes. it's not who's playing Kermit. What are you talking yep. about? Nobody's playing mm-hmm. Kermit. Kermit's playing Bob Cratchit, <laughs> right? That they're, they're not treated as characters or puppets. God forbid they be treated as puppets. <laughs> that, would n- that would never happen. Mm-hmm right they're Muppets and Muppets <laughs> are and and this like amazing world that's created where you know Ebenezer is like clearly clearly Beaker and Docs, Dr. Bunsen and Honeydew are different in form and stature and color <laughs> and all those things as as Ebenezer is but the, mm-hmm. it's just the world that that he lives in <laughs> Right. And we don't like, we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to make jokes about it. We don't need to point it out. It just is what it is. And we're taking this seriously and we're moving (laughs) forward. Right. And, and again, Michael Caine's performance, I think, is flawless. Mm -hmm. You have the seriousness. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't ever roll his eyes when there's rats and tropical outfits in front of him (laughs) and maracas. And, you know, it'd be far too easy to do that. Mm-hmm. but he didn't take it that way mm-hmm. and and played it as serious, if not more serious than any other Scrooge rendition we've seen, mm. right? He took it upon this as a very serious performance, and that is what gives it. So it's, it's that. It's that serious, serious performance from Michael Caine balanced with the lighthearted humor, yep. but also warmness of like the Cratchit family. I've never been a Miss Piggy fan. I find Miss Piggy obnoxious yeah. and annoying. And I Thank know you're you. supposed to, that's a part of like she's supposed sure. to be obnoxious, but for the most part, it just doesn't work for me. But in this film, it doesn't, it rarely bothers me. Okay. Um, In fact, I think the funniest moment for me, the moment that I almost had to pause it so that I could like regain my composure and it gets me every time is at the end of the film when, you know, they're parading through the streets and they're dancing and the little boys got the turkey and all this stuff. (laughs) And that's like done perfectly. Right, that's like that is mm-hmm. that to me is the image of yes. When he woke up the next morning, there was something almost unrealistic and magical about the way they mm-hmm. progressed through the streets on their way to Bob Cratchit's, and and so when he gets to the door and he does his whole little playing the joke on 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 Bob, which I think is perfect the way it's done, and um and he says you know and and that and then Miss Piggy. Emily Cratchit gets involved. Mm-hmm. Right? Because she's like yep. she's hot-headed and again, she's very hot-headed and Kermit is the antithesis of that. He's the the calm, collected, doesn't want to offend mm-hmm. anyone, nope. doesn't want there to be conflict. And um, you know, she's like I've had enough of you and she's like just going on and on and he says, you know, and he he's continuing to talk anyways and he says that's why I've decided to give you a raise and and she says, ra- I'll I'm about to raise you up off of the pavement. Like she's and something about that line, about the feistiness of she's she's told him, I'm about to sock you one. And and yeah, it's taken taking the, you know, I'm gonna give you a raise, a raise, I'm you know, I'll raise you off the pavement, like blah blah blah. And then of course it's the old the trope where
1: they realize
0: what's been said and, you know, yeah. um, but it's just, it's so at every turn, it's, it's funny. It's, it's not just funny. And a lot of, so a lot of the time people go funny and witty is the same thing. It's not, mm. it's mm-hmm. not, it's funny, but it's also witty. It's clever in the way that it mm. crafts its jokes. It's right it's strategic in the way it hits those heartfelt moments and it delivers the important message of this story without subjecting you to some of the extra stuff that sometimes if you're sitting and watching a two and a half hour version of a Christmas Carol Mm. where you're like, Hasn't he gotten, does he not get it already? Can we move on? Where's the next ghost? Right? Mm -hmm. Like where some of it is just very drawn out and they're giving you a little more backstory and a little more, you know, this one kind of treats the audience as very intelligent, as smart enough to piece together the amount of love that. Ebenezer had for Emily. Like mm-hmm. the, the amount of time we're in the past in dealing with that relationship is very, very minuscule, hmm. but well-crafted dialogue and giving you just the right amount and the right type of information so that you can piece the rest together and understand how impactful this memory is for him mm-hmm. allows the film to be this very consumable size and not leave you feeling like you got cheated out of any of the Christmas Carol. In the same yeah. way that like a yeah. half hour, like the Flintstones one, isn't sure. going to be able to achieve. Of course. Right. Yeah. They're just going to blow yep. through stuff. That, you know, we mm-hmm. can only afford to spend two minutes in the past <laughs> because yeah, <laughs> we only have a 22-minute runtime. Yeah, Yeah. But... <laughs> I think that's most of the things that I have to say, unless you've got some notes cool. that I feel like I need to defend the movie against. Um,
1: no, 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 not at all. No, yeah. I think I think not. What the appreciation for the film hasn't changed, but I think its ranking amongst the renditions of this story has improved. And then when I've looked at the list and I go, there's a lot of volume here, but there's not necessarily a lot of good, you know, like top echelon. So I think... I think mm. I just have a new appreciation for uh although it is aimed for children in part how it doesn't lose, lose lose its finger on the pulse of what it's trying to tell and how it's aged well thirty years and it's still it's uh, it's not just a nostalgic film for some people it's a it's a great story being told,
0: yeah, and as I said, as I said in our top um whatever it was episode. <laughs> The notion that out of a hundred and thirty five plus renditions of the most like I said the most iconic, the most well known the most retold Christmas tale of all time, the fact that the Muppet version has a seat at the table, a ticket to the conversation about mm-hmm. who did it best? Sure. Yeah. That's That's unbelievable. That's respectable. That's it's it's bizarre. It's something that that I can't really wrap my head around. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just it bizarre. It raises
1: an eyebrow for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, sir. Then on a scale of 0 to 10, I'm afraid to ask. No, don't be. But on a scale of zero to ten, how dare you? How would you? How would you rank the Muppet Christmas Carol?
1: Okay, I don't need to see it in theaters. Don't need to get a babysitter. Don't need to do all the rigmarole of you know spending fifty bucks and going to see it in theaters. Oh, I would. But love you know that. what? You know what? If if this was hypothetically a film that was a new release on Disney Plus, and they said you know you have to pay thirty dollars. And you have to see it. You know what? I would still be okay about that. I'd be like, you know what? That was an interesting film to watch, regardless of what it's about. But also of just this iconic tale. It does it does its justice without being dry. And so I would go. You know what? That was worth premium access for. I would be okay with that. So that's where how much effort it goes into it on a scale of zero to ten. I gave it a six. Respectable. Hmm. Not in the not not in the upper echelons of films for me, but still. More, like, more than middle of the road.
0: Hmm. All right. Where would you give it? Where would you give it? I give it a (laughs) 9.7. I think there's maybe one or two jokes that fall flat on me. Sure. Um, Like I said, there's the odd moment where Miss Piggy is just more than I can, more than I can handle, which I feel bad for saying, because I know, know for some people out there, she is... Yeah, you know she's yep. everything but not for me um and there's a couple of times where yeah it just it kind of steps over into a little too much um but yeah i it's it's iconic it's fantastic it's a story that i feel like everyone needs to have a favorite yes yep and and I'm happy to proclaim <laughs> that my favorite involves Kermit the Frog.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. Of note, uh, something that I'm reevaluating is uh, an interesting perspective on rating films. Again, not that an individual should necessarily give out tens willy nilly, but just the concept of even though it wasn't perfect conceptually maybe it is still out of 10 10 out of 10 and classifying 10 not necessarily that it's completely perfect maybe there's a couple subtle things you might not like say miss picky but a 10 being less about being flawless but more about being a masterpiece
0: yeah and i would say you know anything 9.5 and above sure certainly it's, falls in that masterpiece and I mean, it's like, it's it's kind of like,
1: you know, getting deep into the weeds when you're saying that, because yeah, anything above 9.5, it's not just something you're throwing on in the background while you're slicing potatoes and, you know, yeah. tying your shoes. It's, you know, you would assume that anything that high is a solid film in your books. Yeah. Like
0: I, you know, the Jim Carrey Grinch, that is a 10 out of 10 for me. <laughs> There's no moment where I'm like... <laughs> I wish I wasn't watching this, or, like, uh, oh, that wasn't funny, or, oh, that didn't uh, land, or, oh, this is dragging on, or... Uh, that. Yeah. Unfortunately,
1: that happens a lot with me when I watch that film. All yeah, things. and
0: I just, I can't fathom that.
1: Yeah, just and friend of the show that. Marshall floored me when he listed that in his top five. I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's just like one of those Hobbit moments where you think you know someone and then they pop out something and you're like, that's interesting. I never would have guessed that, but yeah it's, yeah. it's the magic of film and, and personality and, uh, mm-hmm. just appreciating different things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what did you watch this week, sir?
1: Uh, nothing. I think I'm going to pass the baton back to you. I, uh, oh. yeah, it was a you're film You're going to or... make
0: anything up, huh? You're just like, ah, <laughs> I, watched, I watched- You go.
1: I've watched, actually, I will just say, I was playing with Snapchat with my daughter, and there was a Batman filter, and man, I gotta show it to you. Like, she instinctually, I have no idea why, she starts making the Christian Bale lips, and, like... I one time just went where are they and now she repeats it when that filter is on and it's it's a hoot for me as much as I love the Christian Bale trilogy uh just It is a point of contention for some people, the voice, the face, and I think it's funny that for some reason my daughter has honed in on it, not even understanding what it is. And although that's not something I watched, it's something I got a hoot out of this week. So that that will be
0: my answer. It's not even just like he's doing duck face. He's doing like (laughs) duck that someone is impaling face. Like duck in pain face. (laughs) Uh, but it's still the
1: best batman it is <laughs> oh.
0: right like Woo. duck like so do uh, right now do duck face uh, uh okay and now do duck passing a kidney stone face like just <laughs> add that, that. Yeah. and the mouth opens a little bit the, the, it, the <laughs> lips become a little crooked and the, definitely showing some teeth yeah okay alright yeah and that's I what mean, it looks no. like
1: I've never considered it calling it that way, but that yeah, is, it's, uh, it's the,
0: it's the kidney stone duck face. <laughs> Speaking of kidney stones, what did you watch this week? Uh, how did you know? No. Um, <laughs> I watched, <laughs> what did I watch? Uh, I've been watching a lot of the clone wars, the animated series. Oh yes.
1: You've been going through that um, series.
0: Yep. I'm into season three now. Mm. How ma- And how many are there? Seven, but the last two only have 12 episodes each, so I'm going I'm to surprised. say
1: six. I didn't realize it had that many seasons. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm approaching halfway, actually, mm-hmm. um, which is good because I need to have it watched like in the next two weeks. So when I... Well, because Carl and I are going to review the Bad Batch season two. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the Bad Batch season one, but I haven't seen the Clone Wars. And so mm. I was like, well... And everything I looked up online was like, you really don't need to see it. But if you know me, I, I don't know. I had this like <laughs> mental explosion where I was like, no, I, I have to. I have to see it. And so I, yeah, with like three and a half weeks to go, I was like, "All right, I'm going to watch seven seasons of this show <sighs> while also working, having Christmas, my birthday, Sleeping. New Year's. Sleeping. Well. Not necessarily. There hasn't been a lot of that. <laughs> so, but um, I'm honestly, it was a show that I was like, this is going to be difficult mm. because I've like actively avoided it for years. Just been like, I'm not interested. I think what it is, is like the first episode, the first episode circles around like Yoda on a planet doing some negotiations thing. And it's not a good episode. <laughs> Like, there aren't many crummy episodes of the show, Um, mm-hmm. but the first episode is one of them. It's not a great <laughs> episode. And so I think, like, three times I'd, like, sat down and be like, okay, screw it, I'm going to watch Clone Wars. And then I watched mm-hmm. the first episode, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> this isn't good. Mm-hmm. And But the first episode is not representative of, Mm -hmm. Of what the rest of the series is like and so I've actually thoroughly been enjoying it. Some some story arcs, so normally there'll be some episodes, some story arcs that just last like one episode some, Mm. a lot of them last two episodes and then the odd one lasts three episodes and some story arcs are better than others but some of them have been like (laughs) really good. Okay. Like when the when the female, when the Duchess comes along and you discover that not only does Obi-Wan know the Duchess and was, like, you know, stationed on her planet to protect her for, like, a year, you know, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. But he was so in love with her that had she said the word, he was ready to leave the Jedi Order for her. Hmm. And so there's just, like, all these layers to you're like, oh, Obi-Wan. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just all these layers to characters that you already know and love, and, and it's hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm cool. barreling through that. Um, speaking of television series, we watched all six episodes of The Santa Clauses on Disney+. Oh, Plus. Oh, yeah. I saw that on yeah. there. I'm not going to spoil it. I will mm-hmm. say, so, like, I think – I think the first the first Santa Claus movie um from the nineties is fantastic. It's mm. so good. It is yep. so good. Um the second one's definitely not as good as the first. The third one's definitely the worst one, right? They kind of <laughs> get worse as they go. Um <laughs> like they just lean like the first the tone between the first one and the second two is like night and day difference. Like the first one kind of takes itself Mm. Pretty seriously, yep. And then they just get like cheesy and tacky and awful. <laughs> um, they become like t- straight to straight to home video, Oof. Disney Channel yeah. type things. Okay, um, you. I would say it feels it's not as good as the the show is not as good as the first movie. Mm. It's definitely better than the third movie. <laughs> And I would say it's on the top end of if not a little bit better than the second movie. So all in all, like it that positions itself pretty well. Respectable. Yeah, there's some garbage, there's some real <laughs> like real things about it that I have quite an issue with. Mm-hmm. Um but they also do you know, and, and the story's not going to be for everyone, but they really hit on some some fun stuff. Um, mm. And this is not like they've talked this, these aren't spoilers cause they talk about this in like interviews and stuff like that. But later in the season they, they delve into like um, the real story behind how Scott became Santa. Hmm. That it might not be as simple as the, the old guy fell off the, you know, the previous one fell off the roof. Right? Stuff like why hmm. when Scott gets back, why when Scott first arrives at the North Pole are the elves all excited to see him and there's no like wait a second, where's the other guy? There's no like oh, okay. mourning the dead Santa? <laughs> and so did he and like some kind of answers or
1: some Yeah, they really and... get
0: into it. They really, really get into it. They talk about, hmm. you know, there's stuff about like Saint Nicholas and, and hmm. you know this was this was in a trailer, but yeah, that how the, the Santa Claus coat, right? Because so much like so much of the lore of these films have been the the power that's held within the coat, right? Like him putting on mm-hmm. the coat is what initiated the first clause, the Santa Claus, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. that coat is made from Saint Nicholas's robes. Hmm. Right. And so there's like this, they added like this really deep, like back lore to it. Um, And so that's a lot of fun. It is a (laughs) lot of fun. Um, Yeah. So watch that. And I think maybe that's it. Yeah. We're kind of on this like Christmas movie kick. Sure. Um, And so we're kind of working through those. There'll probably be another one. In the next couple of days, we sit down to watch. But, yeah. Beauty. Beauty. Yeah. And I'm eyeing up um, the first two episodes of the National Treasure Show. Oh, I haven't watched Netflix them now. yet. Yeah. I know. We've got to talk about <sighs> that show. we got to do an episode. Yes. We're, so, do. to let the audience know... Mm -hmm. Um, because we're big national treasure people over here. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're, we're not going to review the whole show Mm -hmm. episode by episode, just uh, honestly, mostly because it's coming out over Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just coming out during a really like difficult time to, to Mm -hmm. navigate recording an episode every week. Um, so what we're going to do is we we're, we're going to sit and watch the first two episodes um and kind of do like a kicking the series off episode mm-hmm. um and then in the new year when the show wraps we're going to come together and and do like a finale mm-hmm. sort of like a summing up this this season mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So, cuz you heard the news about second season, right? No. Really? That there's a second season coming. Oh well, there's yeah, there is a second season coming, <laughs> and someone who you want to reprise their role is reprising their role.
1: Ooh, that's yeah. interesting.
0: Nick Cage is in season two, man.
1: Huh, That's not. I thought you were going to say John Voight.
0: Oh no, Nick Cage. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm truly kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's juicy. That is yeah. some juice. Which just gives more credence to the possibility of <sighs> another tree. movie. Yeah. National Treasure 3.
1: <laughs> Page
0: oh, whatever baby. it is. Page 47. 47. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wrap it
1: up for us, sir. Oh, man. How that is some juicy stuff to end the episode on. But thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Like, follow, subscribe, please positively rate and review. All those things help us and it helps us stay in contact with you, sending out updated votes, updated content, updated news. Check out our Patreon page, our merchandise page. It's ways for you to help support the show, pay the bills, and it's ways for us to reward you with different benefits like uh, exclusive content, occasional videos of episodes, uh, bonus. We're
0: (laughs) we're about to record something for Patreon. I don't even know what it is. I don't
1: even know what it is. You don't. Maybe you never will.
0: No, I mean, you'd have to know.
1: I mean, unless... Well, I won't get into it. Unless
0: I get dusted.
1: (laughs) But yeah, check out our Patreon. A lot of ways for you to to get some sweet perks on there. And uh, until next time, uh, credit card, you got it.
0: Wait, that's an excellent ending, but I also feel like... You need to you need to th- this is this is mm, okay. this is the last time well, no that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I was gonna say this is the last time anyone's gonna hear your voice this calendar year. Uh I'm but there's wow, the National Treasure is,
1: episode. I'm
0: super nervous <laughs> that is
1: a threat. <laughs>